From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, today we'll speak with two special guests, one who celebrated as a musical legend in Mississippi and had a close relationship with B.B. King. Jesse Guitar Robinson joins us today. And later, we'll speak with Kenitra Thompson, a young woman who almost lost her life in sight of her dreams after fighting a rare disease called Stephen Johnson Syndrome. She's now following her dreams of running a dance studio. And you can join our conversation at any time today. And we do have a question of the day is this when times get rough how do you keep giving from giving up give us a call at 877 mpb ring that's 877-672-7464 or you can email me at marshall at mpb online we'll be back right after the news this is an mpb think radio podcast To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hope you're having an awesome Monday today. Gorgeous day out there. A little bit drier. That's that's okay. I can handle that. I don't mind the heat so much. Get rid of the humidity. Everything is good. I know Sharita and I are both glad to be in a seat and not moving because we've been yes. in, we've been in the car for not together, but we've been in a car pretty much all weekend. <laughs> yeah, you've been traveling. I've been traveling. Yeah, but we're here. We are here. And also who's here or going to be here, we got just absolutely a very, very talented musician. I'm very glad he's going to be here. Jesse Guitar Robinson, he'll be joining us today. And also Kenitra Thompson, she was on with us a couple years ago. An incredible story. We're going to have her retell the story, but she's really, um, to me, she's just a good poster child for somebody who's resilient and somebody who can bounce back. And I tell you what, I think these days we really need to hear all those stories we can get, particularly today, because today's the the 29th, which is the 11th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. It's hard to believe it's been that many years. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just like I blinked and 11 years passed. But, you know, you can say Hurricane Katrina and those who were affected can immediately tell you a story or they immediately get emotional. So it is still, you know, uh, impactful uh, for a lot of people. It really is. Last year, of course, was the 10th anniversary. And I interviewed Haley Barber, which was recently on Conversations, which was on MPB television. I hope you had a chance to catch that. And, you know, hearing even him talk about it, I mean, he gets he gets water in his eyes when he starts talking about some of the things that he first saw when he's down there. And Mm -hmm. I I think everybody, like you said, has a story. I know I've got mine and going down after the storm and helping out. And I I helped out with my church, but also did some work as a journalist, too. And I I tell you, um, that was some of the most intense times in the state and really, honestly, uh, some of the best times in the state, too. You know, it was the worst of times is the best of times because the way everybody reacted in the state, you know, I mean, they'll hitch up your britches thing. People just put down what they were doing and they helped out people in need. And it really was um, one of those times when it was absolutely catastrophic and horrible. And you turn around, you look around and you go, this is amazing seeing people put their faith to work like that. And it was uh, very powerful. So, it, and, and it's so interesting, you, you know, when you see the aftermath on television, there's nothing like seeing it in person, but you hear people say, okay, I'm thankful for life, but I lost everything, right. you know, all your memories, everything that you grew up with, all those materialistic things are gone. And so people are just having to choose between, you know, okay, being thankful for still being alive, but 
but then having to grieve and accept the reality that they've lost everything. You know, I've got friends down in Baton Rouge right now that are going through this same process, and I think it's one that a lot of people in Mississippi can nod and relate to, whether it's a flood or a hurricane or a tornado. We have our fair share of disasters like that. And you're right, because, I mean, once a disaster happens and you look around and you see your family and you realize, okay, I know what's really important, Mm -hmm. but you do, you mourn, because those things that you have sometimes are like port keys in Harry Potter. They're little things that you can touch and it take you to a memory. So you so you've lost your picture. So you've lost your wedding dress or something like that. That's very, very tough. And uh, that's what's going on. But, you know, 11 years later and, and, and I discovered this last year, I talked to a lot of survivors and a lot of them were friends, people that I had known for 10 years that I met while I was down on the coast, made a lot of new friends from all around the country. And that was another amazing part about it. But you talked to them and there was a look in their eye kind of like, you know, all right, we got the 10th anniversary out of the way. Let's move on. Let's, let's just not talk about it too much. We're talking mm-hmm. about it right now just because it was such an amazing time in the state. But I think the, the attitude of a lot of my friends on the coast were, you know what, I'd like that scar to heal and move on. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, now naturally there's a tropical depression coming through the Straits of Florida into the Gulf. And, of course, everybody goes, when that happens because, <laughs> yeah. you know, just that pucker factor when, when that goes on. The thing is, though, this one looks like somebody's going to do the force push on it because it's going to head right toward us and then take a hard right turn and go toward Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be it's not even a hurricane at this point. So hopefully it doesn't develop and get too strong and just Florida gets a nice rain shower out of it. But, yeah, you still get kind of like, oh, on that. Yeah. And, and our question of the day is when times get rough, how do you keep from giving up? And we have an early caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, James is in Gulfport and wants to give us some feedback on that. Good morning, James. Hi, James. Good morning, gang. How are you? Doing, Doing great. Well. Thanks for calling. What's up? I love your show, especially when Sharita is on. Oh, oh well, thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, question you asked, I had a little Jack Russell rat terrier dog. Uh, all he wanted to do was run and bark and jump. Uh, then one day he came down with a with a problem. His immune system was attacking his joints. Oh. And he ended up just all shriveled up, like Christopher Walkening. And he could hardly walk, and uh, I kept him as long as he could stand up and poop and pee. And during that time, I had to pick him up and pull him out of his cage and put him back in, and he would snake out on his back like a snake and let me pick him up. Never whined once. He would sit in the grass when he couldn't stand any longer, and all the other dogs would come around to play with him, and he'd growl at them, and they all still kowtowed to him who had no strength. And when I thought about how magnificently God makes us all, and here's this little dog that was still in control, incapacitated, never down about it, always was 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 maintaining his reign. I thought, how could I ever complain about anything? How could I ever give up? This little dog taught me better. You know, it, it's funny because I had a dog named Banjo that I've ended up doing a children's book about, but he had the same spirit about him, and he really taught me that, you know what, I don't have any problems at all. I think sometimes dogs are heaven sent. I really do. Oh, I definitely swear by it. Yeah, I definitely do. And that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story with me because, I mean, you know, that's my sister is the same way. She lost her husband four years ago, and she's got a dog named Jake who is her everything and just lifts her up every day. So dogs are awesome. Yeah, and pro- mainly because they can't really talk and get on your nerves like humans can. I mean, they can't because... Uh, they Excuse bark, me, but, yeah, but see, you've never heard my dog Pip bark before, so she talks all the time. Yeah, she's a bit yappy on that. So, but um, still love her too. She's always glad to see me. Like you liberate Paris every time you walk through the door. They're absolutely, like, you're home. Right. I mean, people don't do that. Yeah, they're always so kind and and forgiving. Unless you're like like 
coming onto their territory and they want to bite you. But that's that's another story. <laughs> uh, you had some responses on Facebook as well to our question of the day. Um, how do you keep from giving up? Um, this woman says Zoloft and prayer. That's an interesting combination. Um, another person says family, faith, and her pups. Um, Denise says, I have to keep on keeping on for my kids. It hasn't been easy, but you know my story. I have great friends that I rarely see, but uh, know they love me. Another woman said, spend a few moments in my place where it's okay to not be okay. And I thought that was a really good comment because so many times when people are dealing with death, folks are saying things like, be be strong and it's going to be okay. And, uh, you know, kind of telling you to do things based on something they have not experienced. So I have a friend who lost her mother and I can, you know, I can have sympathy for her, but I can't empathize with her and I can't tell her how to feel. And and so I always encourage her to feel how you want to feel. It's okay to cry. Sometimes it's okay to break down. It's okay to be weak. You don't have to have this false strength when you're going through something. So I thought that was a really good comment. It's okay not to be okay. That's a great way to approach it too. I lost my father last month and was there with him when he died. And that was very painful. My sisters and I were there and I'll be honest with you. I really haven't even had a chance to process it Mm because I've been going 110 miles an hour since then. My mother, uh, since then is incredibly ill. She's got COPD. Don't ever smoke, folks. Really, seriously, you don't want to go that route. But she's very sick. Last week, I wasn't here, obviously, because um, the fact that she just about passed last week. But she's back and she's doing better. Uh, but she's still very ill, too. And it's, I got to admit, you know, you sitting there looking at this and you're thinking, okay, now how am I going to be able to get through this today? Because this is incredibly hard. But you do. You look for the little bright spots and you you grab a hold of them. I mean, I've got three of the most awesome kids in the world. I love my boys. And they bring me so much joys. And went over over the weekend, went to go see my mom just to check up on her. And she was doing better. But I brought my 16-year-old with me. And he, he ran shotgun with me in the car. And we got to spend a lot of really good quality time together. And that, to me, is what lifts me up, is being able to have family and people close to you that you love. And, and you know, people say a lot about love, and it's kind of a corny thing sometimes, but that truly can help get you through some of the darkest times. Incredible. Absolutely. Um, and another person said, don't have a pity party. Just count your blessings. And that's really easy to do as well. To oh, have pity this parties? Oh, man. Woe is me type thing when you're going through something. When I, when I graduated from college, I ended up as a high school janitor. Uh, is my job, which is not what I got my degree in, I will say. And I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, which it really was the best thing that ever happened to me, but I didn't realize it. But I threw one of the best pity parties ever. In fact, my pity party was so epic, I, th- I basically served snacks. That's how good it was. Mm. And you know what? After about six months of that, you get worn out and nobody wants to be around you. So, yep. yeah, the second you stop having a pity party, guess what? Things start moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, we uh, need to take a quick break, Marshall, and uh, Jesse is, is on the way, and we have Kenitra oh, uh, coming yeah. as well. So we'd love to hear from our listeners until our guests get here. We want to know, when times get rough, how do you keep from giving up? The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at MPB online. I'll tell you what, great show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in just a minute.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. Beautiful day out there. Hope you're getting a chance to... uh, well, maybe kick back a little bit while you're listening. I tell you what, uh, our question today is, I think, a good one. When times get rough, how do you keep from giving up? My dad, like I said, passed last month. That was very tough on the family, and he had dementia. Um, folks, I hope you never have to go through that. That's a very difficult thing to go through for him and for us and for everybody in the family. And one of the ways that I try to get past really tough stuff is try to make something positive to be able to help somebody else. And I did a cartoon when Pat Summit died of Of course, she died of Alzheimer's also. So I did the cartoon, and it was one of those deals where I did it, put up on my Facebook. It went everywhere. People loved it. And I contacted the Pat Summit Foundation, which was set up, of course, after she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's to be able to help fight the disease. And so I know the head of it. He's a friend of mine, and we worked out a deal where, in my dad's name and his honor, that we are doing a signed and number print of that cartoon and we're going to be able to there's 270 of them and they will soon be for sale on the website for the Pat Summit Foundation 100% of the profits all the profits just we just had to do printing costs go to being able to fight Alzheimer's. That's now, amazing. Anytime you get something bad in your life like that if you can sit there and find a way to feel like you're fighting back it helps and my dad would be proud he went to Tennessee so he'll get a big mm-hmm. kick out of that. I know he is he's up there smiling somewhere but I, you know that was just a really neat thing and it was I did that Friday night. I was sitting there signing, you know, signing your name 270 times. is like, oh, but but every time I did it, I just felt a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. So that was really cool, too. Also, too, Sharita, I know this is something you'll be interested in. I am working on my 20th anniversary book. Mm-hmm. And you, I can't believe I've been here 20 years, number one. I, I came to Mississippi and I thought I'd be run off in two. But I am working on... I am working on my um, book, and it will be out in November 1st, and mm-hmm. that's going to be a coffee table book, and it'll have 180 of my best editorial cartoons over the last 20 years. Oh, man. So, I'm sure it was hard for you to just pick. Out of 6,000? <laughs> oh, yeah. There were 6,000 cartoons to choose from, so I picked you 180. Done, like a survey on Facebook. Well, yeah, that would have been a little bit time-consuming, I think, <laughs> on that point. But, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I, you know, I'm going to do this book. It's going to come out, and everybody's going to say, why didn't you put this cartoon in? But I tried mm-hmm. to get – I mean, you got the Frank Melton cartoons and – Oh, mayors have been very good to me lately. When well, I was driving through least, but, uh, Alabama, I saw yeah. a uh, a sign that said Melton for mayor, and it just made me feel so weird. He's, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. It he's was like so Elvis. Weird. He's still there. So I know there was a rumor about him not being gone. Oh no, the, it's, it's like, a no, Tupac no. conspiracy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Elvis and Tupac and Frank. But now it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and it was really nice because I've got William Winter, the former governor, is going to be actually doing the forward for the book. So oh, I'm, that's I'm, what an honor. And what he wrote in it, to be honest with you, I'm going to have read at my funeral. Okay. Because it's the nicest thing I think anybody's ever said about me, including my <laughs> mom and my wife. It was very, very nice. So <laughs> I was, it was awesome. And I tell you what, she just got in the studio, and I'm just thrilled to see her again because, to me, she's a rock star. Um, she's the, I guess, the picture of resilience. I, I don't know. I, it's just hard to get throw out enough nice things to say about her. <laughs> But I'm going to try. Kenidra Thompson's here, um, who once had a dream of being Miss America, but is now, um, after being given some serious lemons, has turned it into lemonade. Yeah, and she's here. Kenidra, man, it's good to see you again. 
Nice to see you, too. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's always good to see you. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you want me to come back and feel like a rock star, I will. Oh, well, that's good. Well, you are. I mean, I'm not kidding you on that. Thank um, you. You know, you, you got hit up to side. Uh-oh. Well, there you go. Now I'm tearing up your, your stuff. She just broke the, the equipment, and we're going to have to get her a new phone, too. But everything's okay. <laughs> you got hit right upside the head with a disease that really you didn't know anything about, or nobody really, not many people did know something, and it just about killed you. I know, and I'm finding out that it's actually a little bit more common than usual. Oh, okay. Well, that makes you feel better, right? Yeah, After I'm not After two alone weeks in, in a coma. Life. Yeah, exactly. I, I started a survivor group, so I got a, a bunch of uh, cool little survivor sisters all over the nation, actually. Now. Isn't that weird, though, when you yeah. have something like that happen? happen to you it's kind of like you buy a car with a certain color and suddenly you look around and you see everybody has yeah i mean i got melanoma and i thought it was like an italian lounge singer you told me about yeah and then suddenly all everybody starts contacting me oh i had it i had it i had it you realize okay maybe this is a little bit more common than that but steven i didn't know anything about it until you told me about it right but what's uncommon i'm finding out that it's commonly uncommon but yeah the most thing about it is most people don't survive it so look at you and you're sitting here right now rock star you didn't survive you thrived thank you I'll take that. I like that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal that. Gonna, that's no problem. Just give okay. me ten percent. All right. That's all I need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's all I need. Ten percent on that. But talk about that. I mean, you felt sick one day. Felt sick one day. Yeah. And what happened after that? Went to several doctors. Told me that it just wasn't what. It wasn't that big of a deal. Just like pretty much sleep it off. Yeah. Take two aspirin. Call me in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And then I. It just didn't feel right in my gut. You know. It just didn't feel right in my gut. So. I went to Google, you know, Google's the answer for everything. See, but every time I do Google, I find out like I have, yeah, an you eye, have I, everything. I have like yeah. a nose tumor or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. But... That's called hemorrhoids, Marshall, not a nose tumor. <laughs> not a nose tumor, yeah. different regions. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so I Googled it and that sound pretty, what I found sound pretty better than what I had been told. I didn't know that it was as bad as it was. Right. I would have been in denial about it. But I bust up into the university hospital. I was like, I got Steven Johnson. Wow. And, and they're like, where? He's not with you. <laughs> yeah. So with the one nurse, unfortunately, said, what is that? And then another one was like, who told you that? How do you know you got it? And I really didn't want to say, like, Google told me. Yeah, my I, best friend Google told me that. Yeah. yeah. And so, but it came out that I got it from Google. Yeah. And then they didn't take it seriously. But they end up admitting me. And three days later, I was being induced into a coma and fighting for my life. So. What is it exactly? I mean, because I know it does cause d- different effects on your body and so forth. What, t- tell exactly what it is that what does it do to your body? Okay, it's an allergic reaction to medicine. And basically when the medicine chemicals can't break down, it becomes toxic wow. in your blood system, yeah. in your blood system. And so blood is running everywhere in your body, right? Right. So eventually the toxins come out and that will they get all into your system. And they have to come out and it starts screaming and screaming and screaming on the inside out. So you start to literally burn from the inside out. It normally um, attacks the mucous membrane. So anything that is the most wet in your body gets it first and it gets it the hardest. Oh, bless you. So that's all of the major organs. Yeah. All of that. So, so that's that, why they put you in a coma because you're in so much pain. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or either just so that you... And heal. Die gracefully. Oh, die gracefully. Well, that's comforting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's no cure. Yeah. There's so. no cure, but how did you get past it? Well, 
It's, um, Your body it's, just... It's the man upstairs. Yeah. I mean, and and one thing that helped me was I was in some of the best shape of my life at that time. I was getting ready to compete for Miss Mississippi, so I was busting my tail in a gym every day, and I'm a dancer. Yeah. So at that point in time, my body was really, really strong, and it could fight back. I think you just said two things in this interview so far. I think everybody, if they're taking notes, and there will be a quiz at the end of this, okay. that they need to know, because number one, you said you listen to your gut. Yeah. That's huge because mm-hmm. I did that, too. And I know a lot of people do that because even though doctors are awesome and I love them and we're going to have a medical show on after this and right. they're awesome, sometimes they're human. Right. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. Because doctors are trying to treat instead of like cure. You know, they right. get to the source of a problem. So a lot of times things are trial and error, especially yeah. if you don't see it every day. Like my medical right. team consisted over 20 different doctors and specialists and things of that nature. And for a lot of them, I was their first patient with it. So you're like, wow. Okay, great. Yeah. Does this mean I get a discount on my bill since you're getting an education? They did take care of me. Like, look at you. Yeah. Shout out to the university. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Well, they'll be coming in after the show. So I'll just make sure we give them a high five. Yeah. Uh, And the second one, of course, you said you were in really good shape. And I've known people that have survived West Nile because they were in really good shape. And well, exercise is everything. So, you know, do what you can when you can, however long and often you can, because it could end up. Saving your life. You're sitting there, you're getting ready for Miss Mississippi. Right. And you suddenly get blisters all over yeah. you. I mean, I remember ain't seeing that, pictures and it was just like. just messed up? Yeah. So. <laughs> you're like, okay, this is not funny. This is not funny or cute. How about right. that? I was like, what am I going to do? It's a beauty pageant. But that's what taught me a whole different outlook on all of this. Because, you know, in, it's so cliche in, in pageants. Define beauty. Well, it's really from the inside out. And, well, when you really yeah. look and hit the ugly, like, yeah. I, it's really from the yeah, inside Yeah, let me tell you about inside out Let me right tell now. you about inside out beauty. So um, it was definitely going through that process in my life was definitely a learning experience on so many different levels. And actually, I can stand boldly and honestly say today that I wouldn't have it any other way. I am so thankful for Stephen Johnson syndrome. I really am. It gave me, it it, it got me to the point um, physically, mentally, spiritually that I wanted to be at. So it was a hard it was very hard and it's still very overcome, overcoming because there are different things that I struggle with on a day-to-day basis from it. But it's one of the best things that could have ever happened. Well, let me. me throw the question of the day out at you. Okay. When times get rough, how do you keep from giving up? How I did, remember. Yeah, how did you keep from giving up? Um, well, at that point in time, when times got rough, I remember, I, I well, to be honest, I leaned on my family and support. There was... It was just mind blowing. Like my picture went viral of how many people supported me that didn't even know me. And um, it, it was just amazing. So that at that point in time, I could rest on the shoulders of other people because there were sometimes there was sometimes that I had exhausted myself. That was the most that I could do. And people got me through it, honestly. But now today, what gets me through adversity is remembering how far I've overcome. Yes. So um, that, and I'm like, if I can, if I can learn how to walk again, talk again, get self confidence to compete in a beauty pageant after being like obviously flawed. Right. 
then I can get through. Talk about the immediate aftermath when you woke up from the coma. You had to, to do a lot of rehab, didn't you? Oh, my goodness, yes. I didn't even get a chance to see myself. Like, I didn't see what I looked like after a month. Like, my mom and dad. They did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking about must have been looking scary. <laughs> Thankfully. Um, but um, I could see the obvious things. Like, I could look down and see the, the blisters and the burns over my body. And my at one point, my lip my bottom lip set on my chest so I could see that. But, you know, yeah, that was, that was hard. You're thinking, am I going to have to have a a reduction here? But let me tell you what the crazy thing is, is you're, of course, you're going to ask your doctors, like, how long am I going to look? Right. Look like a Martian. And (laughs) and they're like, I don't know. Oh, that's confidence building. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. But they're honest. I have, yeah, I have one doctor, Do- Dr. Dominic Yeager. He was just like, you know, you look really bad, kid, but your personality is great. So, you know, we're going to stay optimistic. <laughs> you're like, that's what every girl wants to hear. I know, you know? but he you got me through it. When you're going through a hard time, sometimes you just need it cut dry. Like my mom, exactly. my mom is one of those type of people that's like, you look the same to me. You, I mean, Aww. but my dad is truthfully honest. Too. He was like, that's only a face a mother could love. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. We're talking with Kenitra Thompson. We're going to take a quick break. We'll, we'll come back with her because we got, she has turned, like I said, a major lemon into some really sweet lemonade. And we'll talk about that in just a second. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Ooh, on Silence is quiet, and it feels like it's getting hard to breathe. And I know you feel like dying, but I promise we would take the world to its feet. The conventions are over. Candidates have been nominated with less than three months to Election Day. We don't know what's going to happen between now and then, but we will be here to help you understand it. Listen every day. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. we got an awesome question of the day, one that I'm going to share with you right this very second. When times get rough, how do you keep from giving up? That's an important question. I think one that we all need to hear. And, of course, we've had some great answers so far on social media. We've had a a call already. And, of course, our guest, Kenitra Thompson, is the poster child of not giving up. She had Stephen Johnson syndrome, which is incredibly difficult. It's when your body rejects medicine and uh, basically sends poison throughout your body. 
You know, it's funny looking at you now. I can't tell that you went through all that, although you do have some faint scars on your arms. The cheetah spots, Marcia. Cheetah spots. Cheetah spots. Those are I'm awesome. Fierce. That fierce is, like a cheetah. You're fierce like a cheetah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will behave then because I know what can happen if you make a cheetah mad. No, right. Just kidding. No, I'm, but I love that. That's great. That's and, how I got through. Yeah. See, That's how I got through. And you took it. You took a bad moment and you found the positive in it and you ran with it. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, I ran with it because now, I'm the fastest animal on the. You're face the cheetah, of, yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. You ran away from Stephen Jobs as fast as you could. <laughs> yep. Talk about you said the support group. You yes. said that people were reaching out to you. I mean, talk about that because now you know, and I found that with cancer that a lot of people suddenly you'll get a little message in your Facebook inbox from somebody maybe you kind of know. They're like, "How do you? How do I get through this?" And suddenly you're thinking, "Oh, this is this is some real serious pressure." Right. Well, I thought that on the first and well, the first inbox I got, and then shortly after I answered that person, a ton just kept rolling in. Yeah. And in a way, I got kind of like distracted from my own issues because people were telling me how they were looking at me like a beacon of hope. And so then I realized that this is not just my fight. It's our fight. You're having a bad day. You're having a pity party and suddenly people are depending on you and you're like, well, I got to quit this. I got to quit this. Yeah. So that was, that was really intense. I I mean, and you talk to people from all around the country, didn't you? Yes. Yes. And still do to this day. Isn't that awesome? Yes. It's, it's, it's amazing. It it really is. I talk to young ladies who have Steven Johnson, men reach out to me, Steven, with Steven Johnson, mothers of children with Steven Johnson's fathers. People past people who said I lost someone to Stephen Johnson, but I mean it's amazing. It, it really, still comes three years later. It still comes to me on a day to day basis. One of the things you had to, of course, get back on your feet, uh-huh. and you competed again. Yeah, I did. Yeah, talk about that that experience. That was <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> I was back on a stage like what two months after learning how to walk again. I was competing for Miss Mississippi, and it didn't work out exactly how. I would have liked for it to work out, but I'm happy that I did it. It was my last year to compete because I aged out. That means I, I got too old. Yeah, that happens to the best of us. <laughs> I understand. It's been about 25 years for it you know, since yeah. I've been able to do it. So I Yeah, but I aged out. So that sucked because in a way, in the back of my mind, I felt like I didn't get a chance to compete at being my best. But I know everything happens for a reason. Yeah, so. but you were still vertical (laughs) and you were doing it. I mean, that was amazing. And how many people did you touch having that platform? Oh, wow. That's the thing. Thousands. I can't even, Yeah, I can't, I, I, I'm to be honest, Marshall, I'm still responding to inboxes from people from back in 2012. 2012. Yes. And you sound like me with my, my email. I never get back to people, but but you can't, you got the volume. Yeah. The volume is like crazy. Right. It's amazing, though. I mean, I think sometimes people forget that, you know, we get pushed out of our comfort zone. I mean, that was just a chance thing. Do you know what medicine it was you took? That you... Yes, it's called Lamictal. Really? Yeah. Is that common with that medicine? No, that it's com- not a common medicine, but you can get Stephen Johnson syndrome from any type okay. of medicine. So it's not the medicine's fault. Yeah, well, it is well, a medicine's technically, fault. Technically, yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, but it, it doesn't, it, it can come, it can come from anything over the counter, prescribed, any, some kids get it from Tylenol. Really? Yep. If they change one chemical in any type of medicine and your body can't break it down. Yeah. Then, and then all of a sudden your immune system goes, oh, we got to get rid of this. Right. And you at the same time, it's what almost <laughs> happened to you as well. You, you know, you are obviously a fantastic dancer and that was your passion and you were really good shape when all this happened. 
you got back in shape, you started dancing, but you never gave up your dream of being a dancer. And now you've recently opened Studio K. And I was looking yeah. at a video on your Facebook page and you were so emotional. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because Studio K has been hidden in my heart since I was a little bitty girl. And, um, you know, as life goes on, sometimes you kind of hide dreams like you. Well, you compartmentalize things and you take them away. Right. And kind of like Steven Johnson made me remember again, like, hey, you've got this anointing that you got to get started back up. So, yeah, Studio came came to life and it's still surreal to me. Like, I can't I can't believe it. Because CEO is funny to hear when I have to fill out paperwork. Like, right. Like, that's me. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> seriously, that's a big risk, and it's something you might not have done before. I know. I know, and I I did it. I, I had to do it. Dancing is my passion. And right. When I was at my weakest, I found my strength back in dancing again. So, And I'm really good at it, and I'm even greater at it, at being a teacher. I was going to ask about that because I mean, sometimes. Like, yeah. Just because you're a great performer or at anything, you know, whether it's basketball, football, doesn't necessarily mean you have the gift to teach. And I'm really good. I don't mean to, like. You know, to my own horn, but oh no, no. <laughs> well, the Jackson Free Press voted me as a most soulful, soulful dancer, so I think I'm a really good teacher. <laughs> That's because I wasn't in the competition. Oh, <laughs> you're looking at me going, yeah, right, right, whatever. right. Well, you have to show me some dance moves. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at you like, yeah, right, Marshall. Yeah, I know, I know. I, know. I dance like I just got out of an iron lung. I'm not very good at that. So, Denitra, I'm, I'm curious to know um, how are you going to use your testimony that you got from overcoming this sickness to, I guess, speak life to all the young girls who are in your studio from especially from a self-esteem standpoint because uh, I'm sure you had to deal with that self-esteem like you said that photo went viral of your physical ailments with Steven Johnson and you probably had to build a new level of self self-esteem so so what I plan to give to my little divas my little princesses is you're good enough right regardless of what you don't like about yourself you find the one thing that you know you thrive at you find the one thing that you know you can't stop thinking about and you 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 hone into that you build on that and that's where your confidence will come from being proud of yourself when you achieve something when you can share something that's what i plan to give yeah don't you think part of success is i mean a lot of people chase success and they want the money or they want the fame and all that stuff and they end up being hollow inside. Right. But you have got this whole sense of purpose. Right. Since you survived, particularly. Yes. And now you're going to be able to go out and lift up others by sharing that. I mean, that's that's exactly what we're all supposed to do. And in actuality, it's therapy for me yes. as well. Exactly. Because it, it's so electrifying to give back and, and to feel it. Like when my kids see me and they're like, Miss Kay, and they want to ask questions and they learn something and they overcome something, it, it that. That right there is breathtaking for me. Yeah. I, I love it. Is there any risk this could ever come back on you? Yeah. Anytime I take a medicine, it's oh, I don't, yeah, no pressure there. No pressure there. So anytime, but I, thankfully I haven't been getting sick. I mean, I deal with flare ups, but that's not like ailments that I deal with. It's just the body reacting to different things, like different parts of my, my eyes will flare up from time to time. But there's no, oh, what happens when your eyes flare up? Well, then you're like my, my vision kind of goes out. Does it, oh, that's important. You need your vision. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I'm getting accustomed to it. it. Thankfully, it doesn't happen like at awkward times. Like you don't just have a flare up, just come out of nowhere. Like when you're driving over here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it, you can feel it coming okay. up. You know, I'll start to get eye irritation. My eyes will run more and I'm like, okay. I'm, here it comes. Here it comes. 
or sometimes the back of my mouth will flare up where it'll start to swell and get close. Like it's, it's probably don't want to discuss it on the radio, but <laughs> I know when it's happening. But thankfully, I only deal with a flare up, like a major, major flare up, maybe twice a year. Is this something that'll happen for the rest of your life? You think? Well, I hope not, but yeah. you know, I'm prepared. I'm prepared for it if yeah. it does. Yeah, about to say it doesn't sound like much is going to stop you anyway. No, yeah, at least not so far. Not not so far. Definitely on that, and you know, I think that's interesting because I didn't realize that that was something. It was like West Nile because I've got a friend of West Nile and he keeps getting infections and so forth even after he was cured of the initial West Nile. So this is something that'll just stick with you, right? Because your body goes through so much trauma, right? And though, <clears throat> excuse me, even though it repairs itself, there are certain things that just are like side effects of having it. So. Right. The question of the day is this. Okay. Okay. You know the question of the day. When times <laughs> get rough, how do you keep on from giving up? You can give us a call at eight seven seven MPB ring. Right now we have Kenitra Thompson's on with us and on the dance. Talk about the kinds of dance that you teach. Okay. Is there something that you could help me with? Um, unless no. you think she... you look good in litard and tights. I don't think there would be anybody that would say that, actually, come to think of it. So, no. No, I wouldn't, actually. So, <laughs> My specialty is ballet, jazz, lyrical, contemporary, awesome. and sacred dance, which is also in the church is called liturgical, but I call it sacred dance. Which is incredibly beautiful, I Thank might you. add. So. Uh, you're training. I, I have a question okay. about that because yeah. I was watching the gymnastics and they have male gymnasts, they have female gymnasts. Um, would you be open to having uh, boys coming in to do ballet? Is there like this weird stigma for that? Because, you know, you have male cheerleaders and sometimes they get teased and things like that. Talk about that kind of uh, the culture of, of boys and dance. Well, it is a stigma, but <clears throat> Studio K will, will help anybody. Um, I love the art form of dance. So, you know, whoever finds that passion, I'm willing to help mold them into being whatever they want to be. Well, that's excellent and kind. Yeah. Thank and you. kind. Well, that's the thing, because you get to know them personally and you know how to motivate them on each and individual level, don't you? Yes. When I took dance at APAC, that's where I got my start at okay. Power APAC. Um, when I took dance at APAC, there were guys there and they were like, we coming because the girls are going to and tights. There you go. Right there. <laughs> See, and they play football. Yeah, they're smart. And you know what? It's so funny. shout out to Bubba. His name was Aldrin Hanneman. But you know, I, I know, I've known of football coaches that actually have dance teachers come in and teach their their that football players smart. dance. That's very smart it's because you're footwork. You're footwork. You're more nimble. You're yep. you're, you're you're loose. You're going to be a better and athlete. Imagine if somebody's coming to you and you learn how to like leap over him. Just like he can't even touch you. You're flying in the air. <laughs> I can't imagine that at all, actually, because I remember how I played football. But yes, no, I do remember. And I tell you, you know, you're right. Watching the Olympics, the the guy uh, gymnasts were just phenomenal athletes. I mean, the strength, the stuff they were doing. Right. I mean, I know how much strength that requires to do an Iron Cross, to do some of the stuff on the horse. Look at and everything you. Else. I watched the Olympics. <laughs> I didn't just watch the little women's beach volleyball. I, I branched out to other sports. Good for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm growing as a, a person. Okay. I, I like to think of that on that. So, well, let's see. And, of course, when how, how old are they when they start? Well, I start taking young ladies and guys at three. So, three? Yeah, for my movement class. Oh, man, that must be fun to watch. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah, three-year-olds like, are, like, incredibly cute when they're doing things. Do they listen? Yes, because oh. I'm Miss K. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she's awesome. Yeah. They never listen to me as yeah. a father, but yeah. You'll find out that children do things for coaches and teachers way before they'll do it for their parents and things like mm. that. Right. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I've never understood that logic, but that's what normally commonly happens. Kanitra, one last thought for everybody out there who may be going through a tough time right now because you went through it. How anything you'd like to share with them? 
keep holding on. Even when times seem like you've exhausted all limitations, you can't think on your own, hold on and turn to a higher power. That's where your strength is. Yeah. That's huge. That's a huge website so the folks can find you. I am actually building my website. We should be done by today. Today? Yes, okay. today. So it's I've not live, of, but how can no. people get in touch with you? Okay, you can find me on Facebook. It's actually my name, Kenitra. It's K to the E to the double N-I-T-R-A Thompson. <laughs> Kenitra Thompson on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as well. It's always good to see you, Kenitra. Thank you. All right. Well, we got a call. We'll do that in just a minute, too. And, of course... That would be awesome. And you can call also. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Our question today is this. When times get tough, how do you keep from giving up? Uh, we don't give up here on this show. Nope. We nope. keep going. We, we keep, keep going. going. We keep going until 11 I'm o'clock. So anyway. All right. Thanks. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great day, and I am so grateful that you were listening the question today is this. When times get rough, how do you keep from giving up? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And we got Mary on the line from Braxton. Hey, Mary, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi there. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Now that you called, I'm even doing better. Well, I don't have any uh, choice but to keep going because when I was born, uh, I was pretty heavy, but I was only a pound more when I reached the age of 13 months. So I know somebody took care of me pretty good. And I, if they didn't give up, I guess I can't either. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's what keeps you going, right? Yes, sir. Oh, excellent. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much, Mary. Uh, good call. It. Good call. Um, you had a, a lot of good stuff on uh, fee- feedback on Facebook as well. Andre says, tackle one thing at a time. Don't fret over tomorrow's task until tomorrow comes. And I think that's really good because, you know, sometimes when you look at your to-do list, you get overwhelmed, especially for me when it comes to chores. I say, okay, I have dishes I have to wash and all these things. But, you know, once I separate each thing individually, okay, tackle one thing at a time, then it becomes easier. And it also helps to listen to James Brown while you're cleaning up. Um, yes. Yep. Oh, by the way, um, the Tammy, have you ever heard the Tammy uh, show performance of James Brown? No. Look it up on YouTube. It's T-A-M-I. Okay. And it was a, a, a concert that was recorded in the 1964. The Rolling Stones were on there. It was James Brown and James, the Rolling Stones followed James Brown. Okay. So we're talking oh, wow. major egos here, right? <laughs> right. James Brown gets up there and does probably the most amazing performance you will ever see any human being ever do on a stage. Okay, Mm -hmm. it is about 15 minutes of awesome, just incredible. So then suddenly the Rolling Stones get up there, right? Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger's pretty known, pretty good front man, wouldn't you say? I'd say, yes. Um, He he was, it was almost embarrassing. They were so, 
so nervous about coming on after James Brown on that mm-hmm. that they they're like, hey, we can't do that because he was just too amazing. Because the crowd at this point, you know, they got froth coming out of their mouth. They're just like completely losing it over James Brown. The crowd was so loud you could even hardly hear him. So their poor Rolling Stones are like, hey, well, can we like maybe come back another day? And they're like, no, you got to do it. So Mick Jagger's up there and he's trying to do the same footwork that James Brown was trying to do and everything like that. And it, it was the only time in my life I've ever seen Mick Jagger look awkward. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the Tammy, T-A-M-I. Look that up on YouTube. Okay. It is fantastic. I, I sat there, and I forgot a 13-year-old, right? 13-year-old plays guitar, bass, and he plays keyboard. He watched that, and now he bought all of James Brown's stuff. So he's now listening to James Brown all the time. So when your 13-year-old's listening to James Brown, you know something's good. So that does definitely help with your housework. But watch yeah. that one. You get that and watch that, guess what? You're going to be able to get your housework done in about three minutes. <laughs> Kanitra, do you guys teach uh, James Brown dance moves at Studio K? Um, I have to put that in rotation. Okay. I mean, even I mean, he does the splits. So I mean, oh, does that count? Yeah, the stuff he was doing with his feet. Even Michael Jackson would watch and go, "Wow, okay, that was great." Yeah, you saw a lot of uh, people were influenced by James Brown. I believe Prince was. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of don't know who who originated what, but you could see those little sprinkles in everybody's dance moves. Oh yeah, and I mean, sprinkles, a lot of a lot of my yes. dance moves are also definitely. Uh, no, no, not at all. Actually, <laughs> hey, um. I know some of the great answers we're getting on that. And also, too, over the weekend, something big happened in Mississippi, literally. What was that? This makes me want to go swimming, definitely. A uh, Mississippi woman, a Vicksburg woman, caught Mississippi's longest alligator on record from public water Saturday night. Ooh. Okay. How long was it? Uh, it was very long. Hang on just a second. I will find that number. Talking about girl power. No, no kidding. <laughs> well, she had some friends on the boat with her, too, because, I mean, this thing is huge. You know, you'd think you would find it up toward the front of the article here. It was. Da, 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 da. Now, she jumped out there and just caught a gator okay. like that. <laughs> wow. So yeah. the, the, the measure is 13 feet, oh 8 inches. Oh, my God. That's bigger than me. 13 feet. And you know what? Uh, Ricky Flint, who's the state alligator. We need to get Ricky on sometime. I know he does creature comfort stuff, but we need to get him on here because Ricky's just an interesting, colorful guy in his own right. He said that, oh, no, there may be some 14, 15 footers out there, too. That's not making me want to go for a swim. Right. No, I don't. I, I was uh, in Florida re- this weekend, and I was afraid. I got in the water. And you were at the beach. I know. I know. But I still was afraid. There were all these small fish. Sharks were going to get you. Sharks were going to get you an alligator. alligator would get you at now, the I know they, beach, they wash Rita. I mean, come on now. <laughs> really? Seriously, if you're going to be afraid, get your, fra- uh, your fears lined up correctly. <laughs> I know, right? Well, people, people at the beach were joking. Like They kept hollering, shark, shark, and it wasn't true. And I, why would you do that? That's like yelling were, fire in a theater. Why do that? That's <laughs> Cool. Children, there were small babies in, in, on the, in the in the beach, but it was nice. You could see the water; it was clear. There were really well. It's always small good to be able fish. to see the water. I know, it's yeah. always good to see. Yeah, see yeah. through it. Okay, I mean, there you go. Okay. See through it. I was able to get some shells, and it was just so serene. And I, I just encourage people to travel. And a lot of people. You know, don't believe financially that you can travel, and I'm here to tell you I can't either. But if you just gas up the vehicle and you figure out a way to get paid for a show while you're down there, yeah, that's what I do every time I go to a speech. I was like, hey, I'm at the beach. What a bargain! Yeah, just just get to a beach and get away. It it really can just do something for your soul. Yeah, you took a helicopter ride too. Yeah, Yeah. we just spent a little time (laughs) on the beach. Yeah, and I felt so much better. You know, (laughs) oh, good. I'm glad she. I'm glad she feels better. That's good. (laughs) I had a lot more energy for the show to say least. That's right. Yeah, she did see the water though.
though. Yeah, she saw the water, but she didn't see the alligators. No, I know, because, you know, the alligators, because they will get you. Especially, I know. especially sometimes they're not in the water. They're actually up in some of the clubs. <laughs> You've got to watch that, because those alligators, you know, they get the leathery skin and yeah. the big right. teeth, and they'll, they'll come and prey on you. Yeah. So you got to watch that a little bit. Now, Marshall, I didn't get to chat with you, but uh, did you get to go to the uh, Trump rally that was here in Jackson? I did not. I was coming back from Atlanta, and I drove past it as it was almost over, and I missed it. And I hate that, because I heard it was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it was huge. Great. I did do a cartoon about Nigel what's his snoot I'm having a brain moment that was of course instrumental in Brexit who mm-hmm. spoke at the at the rally and so yeah, I did a I cartoon that. about that and so that original is being given to him mm-hmm. so uh, I'm just so thrilled about that but no I mean <laughs> I missed out on it I'm sure everybody had a great time but you well, know. I watched it on Facebook live and it was very interesting to see all of the emojis that people put on because you know you can oh, put yeah. a smiley face oh, yeah. there were a lot of angry faces there were a lot of uh, oh, that's funny. hearts it, it was really funny that is very funny yeah yeah I um no I missed that Donald Trump is a very entertaining public speaker he really is yeah. And Even his hand movements, like it's just so funny. Well, that's the thing. I mean, love him, hate him, and I know there's people on both sides of that fence that are listening right now. The guy is probably the master self marketer, self promoter that right. has probably ever walked on this planet. Right. Mm. I agree. You know, he has a gift of saying, "Everybody, look at me." And it's funny because a lot of times he'll do something outrageous. And having three boys who were at one time three years old, he reminds me kind of of a three year old in the fact that when he does something outrageous, he's about to get in trouble. He does something more outrageous. Oh, right. <laughs> To top it. To top yeah. it so that suddenly he doesn't get in trouble for over here. I mean, like, yeah, okay, I spilled this over here, so I'm going to go break, break this, this over, over there. there. It, it's perfect. And it's just exactly what my kids used to do. So I'm like going, yeah, that's pretty smart. But, but I, I think it's also interesting, uh, his shift on uh, his idea about how the media is treating him, because it seems like at the beginning... Oh, he, he got was, billions of dollars of free media. And, well, yeah, it, and he still is, because like we're talking about him right now. So there you right. go. <laughs> at the beginning of his run for president, it seemed like the media just couldn't resist covering something of Donald Trump because it possibly boosted their ratings or it was just oh, people uh, love it, yeah. mm-hmm. but now he's saying the media is against him so that that whole little transition has been interesting to me it has been he's like at war with morning joe right now i'm actually interviewing for conversations andy lack okay he was the head of nbc news mm-hmm. and uh just came back he was uh, like for several years in the in the early 2000s in 1993 to 2001 he did it then now he's back and he's turned around you know he's turned around msnbc because that was something he created he uh, helped rehab brian williams and so forth just fascinating guy got real deep mississippi roots his great grandfather was the mayor of greenville mississippi so wow. yeah so but it's it's going to be interesting talking to him a little bit about that because you know here he is one of his properties morning joe which is on in the morning is now at war with donald trump it's like hey that works there you go so maybe i need to go to war with him and draw i'll draw a cartoon about him how about that that'll work yeah, okay. everybody will click on it and i'll become famous go for it nah we won't do that all right well as you might have noticed uh, we were missing a guest today jesse guitar robinson could not make it in the studio we will try to get him back on because he's a great, great guest. Sharita, thank you for a great show today. A lot of fun. Kanitra, thanks for being here. Yeah, Kanitra. Man, I'm just glad you're here. Fist bump. Here we go. All right, we're great. All right, coming up next is Southern Remedy. I recommend you stick around for that. This is Now You're Talking, and we'll be back next week.